Welcome to Radio V-Dare. I'm your host, Virginia Dare. On the very day of the Super Bowl, an NFL player, Indianapolis Colts linebacker Edwin Jackson, was killed in a drunk driving accident, allegedly by an illegal immigrant. The alleged killer, one Manuel Orego Savala, is a twice-deported illegal who was using a phony name to remain in the country. He also attempted to flee the scene. He had a blood alcohol level of twice the legal limit. It's worth noting that all the combined powers of our society, from the media to the government to finance, are all in alliance to make sure the likes of Orego Savala can remain safely in the United States. Not a day goes by without media sob stories about illegals being deported. Not a night goes by without late-night comedians mocking Americans who are concerned about crimes committed by illegal immigrants. And Senator John McCain, a man who is on the brink of death, just today introduced a bill which offers amnesty for illegal immigrants while not providing any funding for border security. Speaking of late-night comedians, Jimmy Kimmel, who is still trying to be forgiven for hosting a friendly interview with Donald Trump during the campaign, made a cringeworthy skit after the Super Bowl pretending to be Bob Dylan singing a faux protest song. Besides the usual insults against the president, he also praised the NFL players who are taking a knee in support of the right of black criminals to attack police officers. He condemned President Trump for daring to criticize these spoiled athletes who can't be bothered to make even a token show of respect for the national anthem. Of course, it's doubtful any NFL players will take a knee to protest our suicidal open border policies, even when they led directly to the death of one of their fellow athletes at the hands of someone who shouldn't even be in the country. Indeed, if any NFL player did take a knee, they would instantly be fired and disgraced in the eyes of the media. Whatever Mr. Jackson's teammates think about his death, they will have to keep their opinions to themselves. Unfortunately, this country has a far-left political orthodoxy which everyone who has a position susceptible to media surveillance must subscribe to if they do not wish to be fired. Whether or not they agree with it is irrelevant. As Theodore Dalrymple said not too long ago, political correctness is communist propaganda writ small. By having to say things you disagree with, you are being not just intimidated, but humiliated by uttering statements you know to be lies. And the party line seems to grow more complex and expansive by the day. During the Super Bowl, I couldn't help but notice that there seemed to be political ramifications if you expressed support for the New England Patriots. Although New England is one of the most progressive regions in the country, the Patriots' owner, Robert Kraft, and its iconic quarterback, Tom Brady, are both Trump fans. Therefore, a Patriots' victory was somehow construed as a victory for Trump, and therefore a victory for racism. Of course, the Eagles won, and Philadelphia was instantly consumed by riots. An article from 2014 ironically identified the Eagles as the whitest team in the NFL, though this may no longer be the case. What is most striking about all this is how disconnected from reality sports has become. Players no longer have any loyalty or connection to the localities they ostensibly represent. The political connotations of sporting events are largely invented by the media or by professional grievance mongers looking for another opportunity to rent-seek. And when there is a genuine human tragedy created by bad policies, as in the death of Mr. Jackson, 
there is almost no media discussion or debate. Instead, we argue about who had the best commercial. At their best, sports are a celebration of human greatness. Even at their worst, they're supposed to be an escape from a difficult society. Today, we have what appears to be the worst of both worlds. You can't escape from politics at the Super Bowl, and you have to walk on eggshells even when discussing football. Rather than giving us something inspiring, sports today seems to give us nothing but depravity, and the death of a player doesn't even prompt discussion, let alone policy changes. I can't help but wonder how much longer this can go on. Fewer people are tuning in, and I can't imagine people are still enjoying this in the same way they did years ago. It's not surprising that at a time when even our federal government is failing us, our sports leagues are too. And the only question is, how much longer can these declining institutions be propped up via marketing and nostalgia? I'm Virginia Dare, and we'll talk again soon.